0: Good afternoon and welcome to another great episode of How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. And I am Moya. And I'm Georgia. And Georgia, we have a humdinger. We think that every, uh, every movie we do is a humdinger. That's because we pick humdingers, right?
1: You sure know how to pick them, Moya. Yes, this is a doozy.
0: (laughs) yes we are so happy to do this movie and it's betty davis 1951's payment on demand p.o.d payment on demand starring uh co-starring barry sullivan and a whole bunch of other great character actors and star tv stars that you will immediately recognize them in their youth and we're going to get into that um in a minute but this is a uh, quintessential Betty Davis being a rhymes with witch, ain't it Georgia?
1: <laughs> she certainly is.
0: <laughs> and we love her. We, this is why we love her. So Georgia, I'm going to give you, this is going to be hopefully, and I say hopefully cause you know, me and Georgia love to talk, but Georgia, I plan to really not do any spoilers. So I, I'm going to really try not to talk too much about the plot, but I'm gonna give you first crack at it. Let's hear it.
1: Sure. Okay. Well, Betty Davis plays a wife who it gets the shock of her life when her her husband asks her for a divorce. And she is this uh woman who not only I think uh has been a pivotal person in her husband's life but also her two daughters because She is in the pursuit of wealth and prestige. And she is uh, social climbing. And this is the background uh, for the movie. And this is vintage Betty Davis. I mean, she acts up a storm in this movie. And so this is where the movie takes off from here. And the rest of it, you get such... This could have been... Um, just such a trite movie, but this movie is beautifully done. It, it goes through all the things about both their personalities, their marriage, and everything. It's it's just a really brilliantly uh, done screenplay as far as I'm concerned, and the casting is just spot-on perfect. And all these things together really made for an amazing movie for Betty because you know, she was the queen of Hollywood in the 30s and 40s. And so as, like, the 1950s startup, you know, she's, her, her star is starting to fade a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so this movie really does bring her back because uh, the timing of this movie is absolutely perfect. Because um, less than a week after finishing this movie, she was on the set of All About Eve, which was probably mm-hmm. her favorite performance of all. Yes. And... Uh, The the person, uh, the people at the studio, see, she had just left. This is her first movie after she had left Warner Brothers. And so they were so smart in the timing of this movie because they didn't release it until after her huge, huge success of All About Eve. Then they released this movie after that. So this movie was riding on the coattails of all the success she had with that movie. So I'm going to let you, uh, Moya, take it back to you about your comments on this.
0: Well, you know, and great job setting that up, Georgia, because like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away. It se- like you said it seems like a little trite little Pat movie, but it is so ripe and pregnant with life lessons. And that's why we picked these type of movies. Um, and I, I will say this, as soon as she came down the Grand Staircase, now I had seen it before, obviously. I, it's, it's been years since I've seen it. So this is my second time seeing it. And I, I, I did not remember, of course, everything. Um, but, you know, of course, I knew what it was about. And as soon as she came down those that Grand Staircase, Georgia, and that long white, I mean, I'm sorry, that long black gown with the jewels around her neck, I was like, queen. Yes, queen. <laughs> Get it, girl. And you knew those of us are Betty Davis fans, classic Hollywood movie fans, she—they gave it to you all at once, and so you were immediately drawn in, and you are like, "This is my type of movie. This is my Betty in her glory." And <clears throat> excuse me, I love that they, like you said, her star was you know not as bright as it was, but they still knew that this woman was a star. And like you said, it gave her quality, quality um, material. Now, Georgia, how do we talk about the movie? And I, uh, without saying everything, yes, it's a movie about divorce. It's about life, trying to get through life with family and husband and children and, and wanting the best for your family. But when it's too much, too much, you know? And that's a question that, unfortunately, a lot of people have gotten divorced or getting divorced. You know, divorce is as unique as fingerprints. But let me ask you this: I'm going to put it back back to you. Um, what do you think, Betty's? Uh, uh, um, what was her name in the story again? I forgot. Gosh. Joyce Ramsey. Yeah, Joyce. What do you think? Her. First mistake was as far as in her relationship with her husband, Barry Sullivan's character. What do you think her first uh uh-uh, uh was?
1: I think her first mistake was that first client.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh I, I think that I think it was. Okay, I, 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 agree. Think, um, I agree. I agree. I believe that what she did and with that interfering or intervening in um getting that first client it wouldn't have the thing that was so awful about it was she she didn't recant i mean the mistake she did Mm -hmm. i mean she was just completely unrepentant about it right without giving away too much and she never you, you would think that later on that she would see the effect that it had on other people, that did not phase her. Right. And I think that that first mistake was her, it just stayed, it had consequences right. later on that built up from there.
0: I, I agree with you. I think that was the first manifestation of her, the mistake in her character of not, so I will say the first, uh, existential mistake i don't know if that's the right word but when so they show in the movie they show them as teens they, they had been high school and childhood sweethearts and they got married right out of high school or you know like really young or college or whatever it was but they had been high school childhood school, childhood sweethearts got married they were the only two people each of them ever really knew um i i think the first mistake she never knew or understood barry sullivan's character her husband because and i think her with doing what she did with that client was the first like you said, outright mistake manifestation with that and i think now this is my opinion those of you who look at who have seen payment on demand or who uh who will look at it george i'm gonna ask you do you think she married barry sullivan and i think she loved him i don't think that was a the issue but do you think she was trying to get away from her aunt or you think okay hey it's time for us to grow up and move out or, or both or, or neither what do you think
1: i think that even when she was living with her aunt in that little farming community she saw this as her way out and yes she did love him Mm-hmm. And so I think it was a combination of those two things. She was already looking to set her sights higher and her goals higher. And she saw him not only as a vehicle, but yeah, she did love him. So I think it was a combination of those two things. And, you know, the other title, the actual original title of this movie was The Story of a Divorce. Yes. And it was later payment on demand, but I'll get into that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you know, the thing is, is she really... I mean, I, you know, she was obviously wearing the pants in this from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think that is one of the things that she didn't see as time went on and she, you know, continued to control things. I think that to be perfectly honest, he was starting to get more and more, starting to build on him more and more and more as the movie goes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, and um, I, you're kind of getting ahead of me, but that's okay. Um, no, <laughs> no, no, No. because when you said wearing the pants, I think, okay, let me ask you this. What do you think her next, so the thing with the client and what yeah. do you think her next, I mean, with the, the, uh, the client and the lawyer, his law partner, who was his best friend, they, you know, they were broke. Okay. Like a lot of couples yeah. broke. Yeah. It was during the great depression. He was one on one of those WPA jobs, you know, <laughs> for, you know, billing, whatever, and he had went to law school, but they were broke. So he had to shovel coal or whatever, hard labor, to make the ends meet. And then a the client walks in, and uh, Betty's character, um, Joyce, does something shady to uh, usurp uh, Barry Sullivan's, her Mr. Rambert, uh, his, uh, Townsend, that was his partner, usurp him, beat yeah. him out the deal, and Barry Sullivan finds out about it, okay, on on a roundabout way his character. So what do you think her next mistake was? So in that same time frame, or wasn't a mistake, I'm saying a mistake, but in, in let's look at it from the man's point of view in his point of view. What was her next faux pas?
1: Okay. I, I think that when she was confronted with it, she tried to, she tried to convince him, you know, that uh, she was just doing it to help, help them. And there, you know, the baby was on the way, you know, she, she kind of, the way she does it, you know, she makes, she's totally unrepentant about it. I think that's her <laughs> second When she's confronted, she should have said, you know, that was, uh, a rotten thing for me to do. But she doesn't do that. Right. I think that's her second mistake. She could have, like, said, well, let's make this right. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's do goodbye and make this right. And she doesn't. Mm-hmm. There's the opportunity there. And, uh, So I I think that, to me, I think that's the second mistake. When confronted with it, she tries to just, you know, sweep it under the rug.
0: No, you're you're right. We're on the same page. But I might add to that, the master manipulation that she was pulling was, we see this all the time, because what what did she do, Georgia, that most women, most ladies do, most women do? What did she do? What was the what was the ace card she used to justify the backstabbing? What did she say to uh, Barry Sullivan? Why? What did she say to justify her saying? Well, I had to, I had to make you be the uh get the get the client because what did she say?
1: Uh, we have a baby on the way. Yes, or what? no? That's it. We have a- yeah, and I couldn't, and,
0: and so guys, you look at it, you know, we're paraphrasing, I have a baby on the way and I had to, you know, had to have you feel good about something. And I am just sitting there like, oh my gosh, this is, this movie is what, 70 years old. And these women still playing these games <laughs> to this day. And I was just it, trapping dudes, because his reaction was not one of joy when she said I'm pregnant. Okay, cause we just told you this is the Great Depression. This dude is basically working on a uh, what's it called a rock pile, except for he not in jail. <laughs> so they broke. I mean, they broke it and broke. Okay, and you know, and this in Townsend, he worked on a rock pile too. Had had his back at the rock pile. I'm saying rock pile. I think like he was Fred Flintstone, but I'm whatever they did. It was digging a <laughs> ditch or whatever. <laughs> I have no idea. One of those WPA jobs back then. But had his back on the crawl, at, at the quarry and at the law firm. Had his back. And this broad going to do this. Man, these chicks, these girl, these women do this today. Separate dudes, people, that's their boy, they down. Let these broads in and start playing these games. Sp- getting in between the dudes. Then she won't drop this kid on you. And yeah, true enough, they was married. Man, y'all broke, and this this, this man is barely make. Y'all barely have enough to eat, and then you are gonna come bring a, a, a third mouth in, ma'am. You you're not on the same page page with your man, and unfortunately, a lot of women do this, and then one one get mad at the dude when he can't provide. But but ma'am, you know, and then like I'll play the other side. A lot of women, well, he had to give me pray. Well, y'all married. You know, he thinking we on the same page. You are gonna handle your business contraceptively, and, and you know, and I'm gonna handle my business outside with the money. But you, we're not on the same page. So I think, like you said, that was the second big mistake. Um, and you know, and and once you break a man's trust, Georgia, how, how that you know what how what she did with her with uh, his friend Townsend, his law partner. You know, it's almost impossible to restore it. Even if he stays with you, because in the back of his mind, he's still keeping tally. You have now tainted paradise, you know, so he, he, he might stuff it back to the back to the back, but he will pull up those receipts. If he needs to, if you do it again, he's only human. He's going to be like, man, she did this last time, you know? So moving right along guys, We, we told you this movie seems like it's so cute and glamorous and that, no, it's deep. It's deep. It's deep. So what do you have next for us, Georgia? I'm uh, sorry, but what's that? No, I said, what else do you have for us? What's next, uh, can we say about oh, the movie? Oh, I've got,
1: well, you know, one of the things about this movie is that at the time of the filming, uh, you know, how that saying goes, art imitates life, her own marriage to artist, William Grant Sherry, was breaking up. Oh. And so this is, this is really interesting because she's playing about a Marriage ending in her own in her own real life. Her own marriage is breaking up and it's ending. Mm-hmm. And so this is something that she is like really bringing here to this movie. And another thing is her their little girl from that marriage. You know the father was um BD. Her daughter mm-hmm. uh was uh, the father was William Grant Sherry. She makes her very first on screen appearance in this movie. She plays well. She's three years old and she plays uh. Betty Davis's Davis's uh, little girl okay. in this movie. Mm. and uh, But, you know, one of the things about this movie that I find interesting is that um, rumors were spreading all over Hollywood that she and co-star Barry Sullivan were having an affair, and they both denied it, very okay. strongly denied that that was happening. Um, but, you know, what I like about this movie is that when the director, who was also one of the co-writers on the screenplay, came up with this uh, screenplay. He wrote it, and he he had Betty Davis in mind as the central character and nobody else. He knew he wanted Betty Davis to play this role. And so um, she uh, was the the person who was really supposed to originally play it, though. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, The interesting thing is she went on later to play All About Eve, and as we all know, Claudette Colbert was supposed to play Eve, but she heard her back. But then Betty Davis went on to do that. So, I mean, this is, was a very pivotal time in her career, and that's why I'm saying it's kind of a pivotal movie. And uh, she was such an amazing uh, work ethic actress that less than a week after she finished filming this movie, she was already on the set of All About Eve. Um, and one of the I, I, another thing about this movie is I kept looking at the actress who played her younger daughter, Betty Lynn. Mm-hmm. And Betty Lynn, I, I thought, I know her. What did I remember? Right, right, right. I right. that she played Thelma Lou. I mean, she was Barney Fife's girlfriend. Yeah, from the uh, Andy Griffith Mabry. show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Damn it. right. Right, Exactly. Right. And doesn't she do an amazing... I didn't realize that she was such a great actress. Oh, She, yeah. she was a very important part of this movie. Um, and another person that I really wanted to give a shout out to in this movie, we cannot go without mentioning the wonderful actress, Jane Cowell,
0: who
1: played, uh, Emily Hedges or Mrs. Hedges, um, that this was her last role. She had just been diagnosed with terminal cancer, Mm. uh, when this just, and and she died just before the movie was released, but doesn't she make a powerful impact on this movie. She's oh, only yes. on the screen twice, but each time she is a huge, I mean, the role she plays, the right. statement she makes, yes. it's tremendous on this movie. And and you really need to see it for that because she's just wonderful. And you know, the thing about Betty Davis is that she, it was said she respected no one, but, but she loved and respected the actress Jane Cowell in this movie, right? And Betty Davis was an amazing judge of talent, and she knew that Jane Cowell was absolutely helping make this movie a, a great one. And uh, so, so there you have it. I just a uh, little, a little bit of background on the movie. Um, and uh, oh, another thing, Betty Davis, believe it or not, her age—she's in her early forties when this movie is made, mm-hmm. and. The way that they shoot her, um, I thought it was brilliant because as a testament to Betty's acting talent, you know, she plays this young teenage girl with a little ponytail and the way she does her voice, she is so convincing as a teenager. And Mm -hmm. it just really amazed me how well she did that. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Kudos to her, of course, and the makeup and the lighting and the direction because she goes from a teenager to a woman in her like late fifties, I guess, you know, she ages, uh, before your eyes. I want to go back to, um, Emily Hedges, Jane Cowell's character. I wasn't sure. Did she divorce or leave her husband or did her husband die in the movie? I I don't, I wasn't clear on that.
1: My uh, understanding was that she was divorced from her husband. Okay. Yeah. She was divorced.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, because. Betty, so what George and I are talking about, Emily Hedges, and yes, Jane Kyle, she she tore up this. Look, anybody who manages to steal, steal scenes from Betty has to know what he or she is doing, okay? And this woman, all eyes on her when she's on the screen. Um, ladies, look, you know, first of all, let me just go back up a little bit. There's a movement called MGTOW, M G T O W, men going their own way. Oh, you've probably heard of the Red Pill Society, okay? Um, you get that from the Matrix. Blue Pill means you you want to live in La La Land and just La 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 La, like the Smurfs. Probably blue like the Smurfs because you don't you just you don't want deal with reality. Then you have the Red Pill, we uh, that Neo took in the Matrix. And if you've seen The Matrix or you didn't, you want to have reality hit you in the face. You want to deal with it. You want the hardcore core truth. So there's something called a red pill society that's been out for a little minute. Red red pill and MGTOW, men going their own way. This movie is red pill MGTOW all day. Barry Sullivan is retro MGTOW, <laughs> retro red pill. Because he drops truth bombs on her. He he and like I said, I don't I don't wanna paraphrase, please see this movie. He is red pill and MGTOW. He does MGTOW. He's a man who goes his own way because he's tired of her manipulating. He's tired of her not listening to him and like Georgia said, wearing the pants, telling him what to do, where we're we gonna go, who we gonna hang out with. You know, people like to talk about privilege and classism, racism, or whatever. Betty Davis's character embodies all of that. And when people live like that, as this movie shows you, she isolates the people around her who love her and who care about her. And she's going to find, so back to Emily, Emily Hedges, Jane Kyle. We see Emily Hedges, while you said Georgia, uh, uh, Joyce, Betty Davis's character, Ramsey's social climate, she gets up to, to the top with Emily Hedges. And, you know, they, they sparring going back and forth, but they've become fast friends because Emily said, Hey, you remind me a lot of myself, you know? And so they become fast friends. Their husbands meet Barry Sullivan's character. He go, his career because of his wife. Yeah. I'll give it to Betty Davis because of her, his career is on a fast track. All right. So now, the divorce, and, and I, we already tell you, the movie is about divorce, but you have to look at the anatomy of the divorce so we're not giving up anything away. Meets Emily, right, Georgia? Uh, while she's on a trip, um, Betty Davis is on a cruise. She meets a guy. They go meet uh, Emily. Emily is living somewhere abroad overseas. They go over to Emily, and... Oh! This is not the same Emily, is it, Georgia? <laughs> this is not the high and mighty this is not the high oh and mighty mrs emily hedges this is the divorced with a with a gigaloo <laughs> emily like, hedges yeah. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh how oh the goodness. mighty have fallen huh, huh? oh george <laughs>
1: oh my word have they ever oh my
0: god what did you think about that
1: it was a cautionary tale yeah <gasps> well you know for Betty, she's going, oh my God, she's thinking, I don't want to end up like her.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Right, right. And neither should (laughs) any woman want to end up like Emily Hedges. You have all the money in the world, but you you have some warm body. You have a male, because he wasn't a man. You have some male there as a placeholder, like a zero, but you're so miserable, right, Georgia?
1: Oh, absolutely. And you can tell she'd gone through she tried other things, you know? She t- yeah, she
0: just- told you. She told you. She did.
1: <laughs> yeah, she, she tells you. She's just been so lonely. I mean, she it's just to have another person there, so she's t- right. not alone. Right. But it's horrendous. It's horrendous. It is horrendous because, you know, she's uh, a, a drunk, and she's just all these awful. And Betty's like, ah!
0: <laughs> yeah, she's <it's> like looking <laughs> into the mirror. I laugh. I say, I called the book. The Ghost of Christmas Future. Because she looks yes. into it and she looks into a a a, a, a time capsule and, and a time machine and sees her future. And she can't wait to get the hell out of that house. And I was cracking up laughing. She was like, oh well, we got to go. Oh <laughs> I know. <laughs> she was like, uh-uh, before you suck the life out of me. And girl, I laughed at the hierarchy of companions, uh, that Emily went through and each person yeah. it got lower and lower on a totem pole of life. Cause she said, first I yes. bought a dog and, uh, this popular YouTuber named Kevin Samuels, uh, shout out to him. He talks about how, when he, he really try to help, tries to help women get their mind right and date realistically and have realistic goals when dating and, and be happy. Um, you know he he and he said it and I thought he was joking. He said, but he always says he said, you say you know what you're gonna do when the women don't listen to him. He said you're gonna get a dog and you're gonna die alone. And I and I I laughed and you know he's hated on on social media and whatever. But hey man, I don't have a problem with him. But when he said that I I, I was laughing. I said oh man get out of here. But these again this movie is timeless because Emily literally literally said first I got a dog. Then I got a female companion. Then I did this. Yeah. Then, then I wound up with him. And, and so, and like I said, the guy's a gigolo. He's a bum. And, you know, he's oh, yeah. just waiting for her to croak so he can get out of there and get a few coins and get out of there. Oh, he, he'll probably leave. Before, he probably left right after Joyce and her friend left. He was like, probably, like, I can't be here with this old bra. <laughs> I, girl, that, that scene, I love that scene. I'm like, every yeah. woman who look, I'm not, I can't tell you the divorce, not the divorce is none of my business, but as a married person who's been married for a minute, I mean, look, man, look, people think the grass is green on the other side. And like somebody said, you got to mow that lawn too. So you better think unless, you know what I'm saying? Unless there's some absolute deal breakers, like, you know, somebody beating, beating you up or taking all the money or starving you and the kids or, you know, drugs, alcohol. Other than that, man, look, if that man leave his funky drawers all, all on, on the middle of the floor and you tired of walking over him, take them funky drawers and wherever his favorite spot is, his chair, where he watches TV, take them funky drawers and drop them right there where he sits. And I bet he'll get the picture. I bet. Don't, don't yell, oh, I don't want
1: funky drawers, blah, 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 blah,
0: Getting your blood pressure up. Take them dirty funky drawers or the tennis or whatever he leaving. Put them put on his pillow when he go to bed. <laughs> put them right there. I bet it'll stop. I bet it'll stop. <laughs> Other than that, who the heck cares? Because just like you're annoying, just like you think he's annoying, you're tired of hearing his stories or looking at his face. You don't think he feel that same way about you? Sometimes, girl, get real. Get real. Get real, and keep your man here, and don't die alone with the dog. <laughs> 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 but how to say? But anyway, I digress. Georgia, we kind of run it out of time. Um, I, one little quick thing I want to talk about. Frances D is in this movie. She makes a little cameo. What do you think about her role as the side chick?
1: Um, you're talking about the one who plays the daughter, correct? No, I'm no. Frances
0: sure. D, she plays Barry Sullivan's girlfriend.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, her. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Man, she was so totally antithetically opposite from Betty Davis and no wonder he was attracted to her. She was, <laughs> was well educated and she was just had such a, a lovely, more of a laid back, easygoing going personality. Uh, she was a teacher. She was educated. And I, there were some things that I liked about her. But, you know, she had such dignity and independence to her. Right. I really liked the character. You know, even though you don't see much of her in this movie, I thought, wow, I could see why he went for her. I, I had yes. no, I mean, I, I, I said, this is not a stretch. I could easily see why he was attracted to this character. Right? She had, I, I mean, uh, and, and there wasn't this austerity to her at mm-hmm. all. I mean, she had this very tastefully appointed apartment, but it was more intimate. It was cozy. It wasn't this. Show of or display of wealth, and have to have all this massive display of her taste and showiness, It what that wasn't her at all. Right. And I thought, oh my goodness, I could see why he would feel happy being with her. Right. Yeah, I totally got it.
0: Right. I get that too. Um, I just, you know, you know me, and I love how they cast these angel-faced women; butter would melt in their mouth. But you're still going with a married man man, ma'am. Yes. So, yes. you know, I can't I can't ride with you on that when I felt nothing for I don't think the character want, and I love how they wrote it. She didn't want anyone to feel sorry for her. She did not exactly. fight for Barry Sullivan. Because I think she right. knew that this this would happen one day, or the possibility. So she lived, she said, Hey, I'm gonna take this happiness whilst I can. And once it's over, it's over. You know, if I get yeah. him, I don't. If I if, if um, I mean, if I get him, I do. If I don't, I'll take the L. And I like how she played that so very cool and calm, and like I said, rational. No scenes. Um, she wasn't gonna fight for her man because he wasn't her man. You know, he was not socially available to her. He might have been emotionally available to her, but. Was he really? So now let's fast forward kind of to the end and we're skipping over a lot because there's a divorce proceeding. We're going to leave that red meat for you guys. Cause this will be a two hour show. Look at the movie. Look at how, how to look, look at how a man handles himself d- during a divorce, all in the name of keeping his sanity and protecting the people he loves and cares about. And look at how a woman scorn handles herself for some get back and I'm not saying rightly or wrongfully so I get it man she's a woman scorn you know but sometimes again ma'am you got to take the L too you got to look at yourself how what was my role in the demise of my relationship you know so let's fast forward to the end to the question of was Barry Sullivan's character was he actually emotionally available to Francis D, at all because when you fast forward to the very end and without giving away Georgia, uh, what do you think about the ending? And that's all. I, that's all I want to know. What do you think about the ending? In
1: some ways, I didn't think the ending rang completely true. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that it was rewritten at the very last minute. Yeah, and yes. Uh, the, yeah, and and they had actually they had more than one ending, but yes, because um, I was questioning: Has Betty Davis learned her lesson? Has she really changed? Yeah, those were the right. things I was asking myself. Right. Um, and you know we look at it with a perspective of women like like what 70 years after this movie is filmed
0: right and
1: we look at it thinking well you know for some people divorce can be liberating and is building a whole new life for yourself right which they don't understand or see that it's, to them it's just you're dooming yourself to a life of loneliness and and right. it's, to them it's better to be married to someone than to be alone right and right, right? that the one thing that's very, very hard for me mm-hmm. to square myself with in this movie. Yes. Um, and so, uh, so when I look at the movie in the end and the way Barry Sullivan and their relationship and Betty Davis are, I question the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay, <laughs> I, I'm just laying it out for you. <laughs>
0: no, that's how I feel. I agree with you and I'm a stopper right there. I totally agree with you. Um, Go do your homework, guys. We could tell you, if we we say any more, we would give away the ending. But just keep in mind, it was was rewritten. And there is an alternate ending, uh, an ending that probably is more realistic. But, you know, it's Hollywood. You have to have a happy ending. And I'm not saying the ending was happy. But you have to end the movie a certain way for Hollywood back then. So I totally agree with Georgia. Um, guys, we're going to, I'm going to stop it right there. I don't know about you, George. I just want to give a quick shout out, uh, Natalie Schaefer, AKA lover from Gilligan's Island was in this, uh, um, uh, Otto Kruger, great character actor was in this yeah. Richard Anderson from the $6 million man. Fan. It's a 6 million or 20 million. I always, I always adjust for inflation, but anyway, Lee Majors, the, the, <laughs> Nick, the, Man. <laughs> the, uh, Richard Anderson, Oscar Goldman was in his this. So check those wonderful performances out, Georgia. I'm gonna li- give you the last word.
1: I just have one question to our listeners, and that is: as you see this movie, ask yourself: Is this also Betty Davis's personal story of how she was known to be a hard-driving person mm. in her own success? So let me. So I'm just going to have you ask yourself as you watch this movie, do you see little glimpses of the real Betty in this movie? Or, but also this woman is a brilliant, brilliant actress, the best that ever was. So just ask yourself that as you watch this movie. And that's where I drop the mic.
0: (laughs) All right. All right. All right. Hey, (laughs) hey, hey. And comment. Leave us some comments in the comment section. Don't forget we're on Facebook, How Betty Davis Saved My Life. We're on YouTube. We have some videos there. Um, we're on all the major uh, podcasting platforms soon to be coming to Amazon Music, uh, ASAP. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons from Classic Hollywood. Take us on our Shaka.